All right, the intro hung up, but that's okay. We're going to run with it. Technical glitch by StreamYard. Welcome to another CloverTech podcast. We're recording live February 24, 2022. Got Spencer with Trailblazer Firearms in the house. Going to be talking about the lifeguard, the pivot, a bunch of other cool stuff. So if you are out there and you're joining us in replay, let's say welcome to those folks. Uh, but if you're joining us live, well, special treat for you because you can ask any questions of our guests, obviously, throw those into the uh, chat out there. Be a little patient. I don't want to derail the conversation uh, by questions, but uh, keep those questions, of course, on topic relevant to the conversation that we're having. And we'll do our best to flag those and get them answered for you. We've also, for the folks that are live, got a fun poll out there today, I think. Uh, we're familiar, or you should be, with the uh, pivot and the lifeguard from Trailblazer, but we're going to give them some direction to go in the future with the poll today. So, should Trailblazer Firearms' next project be some type of shotgun? Right now, that poll, uh, 73% says absolutely yes, it should. 27%, no way, who cares about a shotgun? So, uh, yeah, vote in that poll. We'll keep tabs on that, and we'll... Uh, We'll check out that poll before the podcast ends today and, and see what you guys think. Uh, as always, scrolling below, special thank you, shout out, because we do not monetize these podcasts to those that uh, are Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members, as well as those that super chat, super thanks, and shop, clovertech.com slash shop. So with that said, there is the intro. Let's bring in the man of what will be Hopefully about an hour today, Spencer from Trailblazer Farms. How are you, buddy? Hey, Chris. Doing well. Um, that was a great intro. I love the uh, Star Wars themery there. I don't know if everyone else got to see it, but I can see it on my end. That was fantastic. They absolutely. They they did. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Yeah, we had a, uh, had a great conversation, SHOT Show 2022, uh, with all of you guys in the booth. Um, as far as that show, uh, how many years have you guys been making shot shows? Shot show, let's see. That was the fourth year. Okay. Um, that was the fourth year of exhibiting. Mm-hmm. I might be off. Let's see. Last year was canceled. I didn't go the right. year before that. I went the year before that. So yeah, four years. Okay, four years. Um, it's four years if you include cancellation, and then um, you know, ownership and management went as guests in years before that, before we actually had the company up and running. Uh-huh. So that was the first year winning an award though. It's pretty awesome. Right. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, recoil magazine came by and graced us with the, uh, best in the basement award, which is an award that they give, you know, the, some of the editors and content creators are out on the floor scouting products and they decided that our new rifle, the pivot, uh, was worthy of their best of the basement award. So that was pretty cool. They do a different award every year. You know, they only give one per floor per year. That was pretty great. And, uh, I think it's going to get us an article in recoil, which is pretty awesome. So that's yeah, uh, it was a good show. That's, that's a big deal. That's a recoil yeah. is a, is definitely a big name. Um, and, and I've got to say from walking around, uh, there in the basement, uh, the pivot was definitely something that was on my list. I had to get by there, had to see it, and and kudos to your team there in the booth because, um, you know, we'll talk about of course the pivot in some detail a little later on, but the manipulation to get it from folded up compact and out, um, 
the first time you do it, the second time you do it, even the third time you do it, from my experience, was a little bit a little bit weird, right? But you guys had it down pat. Yeah. Everybody in the booth could uh, could deploy it, let's say, uh, very quickly, and that was cool to see other people do it as quickly as you guys did it. And I think that uh, I think that might be one of the reasons that that recoil and a lot of the other people took notice. And um, I would agree. I, I don't have any arguments with their their assessment on it. Uh, there's a lot of cool things, obviously, in, in Shot Show overall. Every single time that there's a show, uh, but you guys, because you were on my list from even before Shot Show started, weeks and, and maybe even months out, uh, yeah, I can see it being one that that pivot is definitely it's innovation, right? And that's something that yeah people complain about all the time. Like, there's no innovation. Yeah, uh, well, I appreciate that what you said, and um, yeah, innovation, uh, innovation, imagination, and integrity are some of the you know, they're not exactly the mission statement of the company, but you'll see them on our website, on our packaging and our manuals. And they're kind of guiding, guiding lights for us, mostly as we think about product design. Um, But so I don't know if we got much into it there, but uh, my father, Aaron Voigt is the founder of the company and the inventor of both the life card and the pivot. And Uh he's a gun fanatic, you know, has been pretty much all of his life. I have his first rifle that he got when he was a kid in my safe still, which is a little um, chipmunk 22 bolt action youth rifle. Very nice. So 22 long rifle is a, uh, it's part of life around here always has been, but yeah, uh, you talked about the deployment of the pivot and it needs, it always needed to be intuitive. And I think it's fairly intuitive. It's one button, you know, obviously you have to, can't have the magazine inserted the bolt has to be locked to the rear all that's for safety and you're always constrained a little bit when you're you know trying to pack engineering features into a given uh size constraint but the single button rotates either way so that if you're right-handed or left-handed it doesn't matter you can always swing it around with the muzzle pointed away from you just to be safe even though it's not going to be loaded so yeah i'm glad you picked up on that and of course all of us here have got several thousand rounds each through it. And we play around with it all the time, pull it out, take videos, test springs, you know, all that kind sure. of thing. So, yeah. Well, and that's, and that's what you got to do. Uh, moving back to the company, getting back to mm-hmm. your, your, your dad and the company and all of that stuff. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get some questions out there. So we'll, uh, we'll head that off. Where are you guys out of and how long as a company have you been around? Yeah. So we're in Fletcher, North Carolina which is right around the corner from the Asheville airport. So all the way in the Western tip of the state, uh, Biltmore estate is located here. You know, the big old famous mansion. Uh, I always find that a lot of people have heard of Asheville. A lot of people have been there. Um, we're about two hours Northwest of Charlotte, North Carolina. So, uh, a little bit out of the way, I guess, but we're in the Appalachian mountains. Um, yeah, the company was, officially put together in 2014 and that was after a couple years of kind of the pre-production and design phase of the life card so the life card was the first idea that launched the company and that came about just from my dad's desire he i don't he was inspired by a tv show and they were making some folding uh machine gun not not the magpul one it was something else but he was like 
okay, what's the smallest package I could come up with to make a useful gun with a usable grip that's not an AOW, that's uh, not, a, you know, not an NFA item that you can buy like a handgun that could be useful. You know, small, probably not going to be semi-automatic at that size and, you know, needs to be lightweight. So he came up with that idea, started sketching on paper um, and wound up building a prototype and picked up some partners along the way, got the company funded, got set up, got the engineering done, um, all that kind of stuff. So all that was from between 2014 to 2017. In late 2017, a uh, not a lot of people know this, but a draft of a press release was accidentally sent out ahead of time, uh -oh. which launched the company. Yeah. So I don't know how it happened. Uh, it wasn't ready. They weren't ready to go into production. And all of a sudden we're on, we're seeing our photos on, uh, I think it was like GQ online or men's health online. Like it went viral, <laughs> like crazy in like right. August of 2017. And we we're like, okay, we're in production now. So right. I came to work then like within a couple of months, right after that, as an assembler, lifeguard assembler, uh, my brother joined us, you know, quickly after that there was, so he enlisted a lot of. Cause like the company was really small. I mean, we were renting a small office and, uh, all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, we're cutting aluminum and we're making parts and building guns. So, right. Yeah. That was pretty, pretty exciting way to start. Well, I uh, can remember, I can remember vaguely, you know, 2017. And I mean that the, you know, it's, and we'll get into it later. We've always talked about it a little bit with the pivot and, and, you know, talking about the innovation and it's just something different. And the lifeguard was certainly that. So it makes sense how, you yeah. know, you have something like that leak and then everybody just freaks out about it because it's, it's cool. And it's, I think it's good in a way. Uh, I, I kind of commend you guys for, for taking that, for seizing that opportunity and running with it. Right. A lot of people could have backtracked and took, years still more years to do something we see companies do that all the time right they they yeah. throw something out there they leak something and then five years later six years later ten years later right uh and i'm not going to mention any names but we all know who i'm talking yeah. about uh there's still yeah, nothing sure. right so yeah. uh yeah kudos for you guys that was uh that was something that y you certainly couldn't blame you for backing off of it right because it was an accident. yeah and they were yeah, and they were, um, you know, they they weren't drafting press releases too early. So, like, the production pipeline had started. Right. But, I mean, you know, we were still printing manuals and sourcing padlocks and all that kind right. of thing, you know. And then all right. of a sudden, it's kicking into high gear. So Right. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, at, at SHOT Show, uh, just to kind of set up timeline here, at SHOT Show, they said something about was the was the designs for the pivots – were you guys working on that before the life card yes. released? Yes. So okay. the pivot, the patent on the pivot was issued in 2014. Wow. And we actually reserve, we registered the trademark trailblazer as a possible name for that rifle. And then we, oh. we wound up adopting it as the company name because, well, not, I say we, it was, it was my dad and, and the, <laughs> the ownership, but, uh, right. Yeah, so that gun was quick on the heels of the lifeguard. As soon as he started thinking about designing folding guns, that that one came about. And of course, we've it's a 
it's grown a lot from the initial patent drawings. But sure. Yeah, if you look up the patent on that, uh, 2014, and he just knew already that we needed to get a company set up and rolling to do a project like that because it was a lot more ambitious, a lot more parts, just so much more uh, engineering was required and production um, infrastructure and all that stuff. So just put it off for later, you know, with a plan to bring it back later. Right. Which we're right. doing now. And, and, you know, there was some interesting timing with that. And, and, you know, I'm curious, was that, I mean, it had to have been luck unless your dad's clairvoyant, right? But like PCCs are a huge thing right now, right? And mm -hmm. have been for the last couple of years. So the, uh, the pivot, I mean, it fits that niche almost perfectly, but yeah, you guys had that in the works years before it was really a big yeah. thing. So, yeah, that's true. And when, so when he first dreamed it up was back in the, the day when um, pistol braces were really murky legally. I mean, I think it was when the ATF was saying you can't shoulder them. Right. So, which, you know, whichever you time they that, did that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there was talk of <laughs> right. pistol braces being banned outright. You can't shoulder them. They're kind of goofy back in the day. I mean, obviously pistol braces are incredible nowadays and we love, our AR-15s with pistol braces and our Ruger, you know, PCCs and chargers and all that stuff. I mean, it's all incredible. But back then, and it's still the, it's still true today, uh, they may get banned. I think the ATF announced that they're going to, they have a schedule to make a final ruling on, or their next ruling on pistol braces and things like that this coming year. So there's still a chance that all of us that have shorty ARs with braces, the ATF can come around and say, hey, those are um, SBRs now. So right. the idea with the pivot was to make a rifle that is short, like a braced AR or a braced PCC in nine millimeter. Um, you know, and the nine millimeter thing, a lot of people have said, why is it not five, five, six, that kind of thing. Um, it's nine millimeters, obviously a lot less capable round than five, five, six, but they're probably both equally as available. And the Glock magazine thing was a gimme for my dad. You know, he's a big fan of Glock, got a lot of them lying around. So, and you know, there's a lot of PCCs that are chambered in pistol magazines, but yeah, the idea was a very compact rifle that's compatible with the gear that you already have, the pistol you already have, you can have under your, the seat in your car or in your bag when you're going out in the woods or whatever you need to do, it's going to be lightweight. You can carry a lot of ammo if you want, um, and hopefully will not be subject to you know, the winding whims of the ATF rules on uh, pistol braces. Yep. So legally a rifle, you know, we covered that, but 16 inch barrel, it can't fire when it's folded. That's kind of the, their rules about folding rifles. You know, you can't be able to shoot it while it's folded up. So it's got right. the full 26 inch overall 16 inch barrel, all that stuff, but still really short and compact when it is folded up. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you know, like I said, when it was first thought of, uh, short barrel ARs were a little bit more murky and we've had a nice time the last, you know, almost 10 years where it's not been a really big deal, but it could come and go. And. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what you spoke of just a second ago when you talk about your dad developing the life card was, you know, he went into that saying, Hey, let's stay all the, you know, let's stay outside of 
the realm of the NFA completely. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's, that's a, and I think that's a smart business decision. Do we need people that push the regulatory envelopes? Yes, we do. Um, yeah. but from a business standpoint, um, the more products you can have that are not potentially infringed upon, let's say by the, by the NFA, obviously mm-hmm. the more you're going to sell, the more available they are going to going to be to the general public. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, it'd be really easy to make SBRs and make them really short and they're really cool. And we luckily have our proper paperwork here. So we got a bunch of SBRs and some other stuff like that lying around here. But, you know, for a lot of people, the barrier to entry on filling out those forms and paying the tax stamp and waiting on all that is just too much. And yeah, I mean, it's just, I know the whole NFA uh, world has gotten really popular in the gun world recently. I've seen that. I own a bunch of silencers now. I never did growing up. None of us did growing up. And it seems like they made it easier in a way, but I think for a lot of people, it's just more than they want to get into than just right. going down to the store and buying a rifle, you know? Sure. So that was well, the idea. And it's just tricky with the ATF, you know? Yeah. No, hundred uh, percent. I mean, you talk about the brace rolling, right? And that's why I said, which time? Because they flip-flopped on that, right? So right. many times. Yeah. And so, especially when you're, you know, you look at that from a consumer standpoint and it's a big deal. It's like, okay, I'm not going to spend money on this. And then I got to turn it in or destroy it or whatever. And then on the manufacturing side, you're like, well, we're going to sell this, you know, but then we can't put everything into this with the possibility mm-hmm. that the ATF will change their mind. So from a business sense, yeah. it's a, you know, it's definitely a, a smart move. Um, yeah. I, li- I just like the idea of, uh, you know, being able to, being able to sidestep that, altogether and you know another thing we're talking about the the nfa but there's certain states even outside of the nfa there's certain states that have uh you can't have nfa items in those states regardless yeah that yeah and we run into you know we run into the states with the lifeguard and the pivot i mean but sadly california you know we can't get the lifeguard in there that'd probably be the biggest state for lifeguard sales if we could uh just because of the amount of people there but yeah, the, you know, it's and it's tough when you have federal laws, you know, that are in the NFA and then states can interpret them how they will. And then even local governments can do their own thing. Like, you know, New York State's a great example, It's pretty much county right. by county up there. So and it's tough. It just yeah. From a business standpoint, from a manufacturer standpoint, the harder it is to get your item to the consumer, the you know, the less potential it may have. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, 100%. With, and, uh, you know, we're not against making NFA items. It's definitely a possibility for the future. It's sure. just maybe not where we wanted to start. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, get all of your uh, bread and butter, you know, items yeah. Yeah, out exactly. there first. Uh, yeah, and then once you do that, and I think I think if people think about it, it makes sense. Once you've got um, several SKUs that everybody can have and own, go down to the local gun shop and pick up, mm-hmm. that's when you guys might can start getting into some really cool stuff. Not that the lifeguard and the pivot's not already cool enough, but imagine the cool things that you guys can do when you don't have to worry about. You're like, okay, this, we're going to do this. And yes, it'll yeah. be an NFA item, but yeah, you know, that's right. um, that could be really neat. The, the California thing was interesting. So 
do you know what the hangup is with the life card? Because it's not, yeah. we're going to talk about the life card specifics here in a little bit, but mm -hmm. it's, it's not like it's a semi-automatic, crazy, something huge caliber, high capacity. Yeah. What's the deal? Yeah. So California runs a roster for handguns, right? I think most people are pretty familiar with that. We've learned a lot about, I've learned so much about California gun law more than I ever thought I would, but so there's a roster, they do DOJ border review to accept new submissions to the roster. And that's all, that's the story they say. When it comes down to it, they're just not adding new handguns to the roster because uh -huh. the lawmakers in California are not looking to sell more guns there. So you'll notice like with, again, not to pick on Glock, but you can't get later gen, certain later gen models of Glocks in California, even though earlier ones are allowed. And the reason for that is that they're not adding to the roster. So they have their rules about the features and capacity and all that stuff. And the, what they said when we submitted it was the fact that it's concealable and it doesn't look easily like a gun means we're not going to allow it. Um, ah. And this was the same story with Maryland. I think Maryland called it a menace, the, the state of Maryland. So <laughs> um, like a menace to society because it's of its discreet nature. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, we have to, the state governments and the, so yeah i mean california you follow their procedure get it tested all this stuff we had to send it out to a lab they did torture testing and safety testing all that stuff submit a sample to the california doj and at the end of the day it's just a no yeah so it's really unfortunate now in california there's if you're a police officer you can get a lifeguard there's a oh. i don't know exactly know how it works but we've shipped Quite that a few a lot into California. Yeah, four police officers. They have special permission. And there's a lot. Of, we've had a lot of great customers over the years who are, you know, uniformed officers in the state of California, and they have a life card for whatever reason. But even then, when it's allowed, we have to get a, approval from the California DOJ in order to ship it into the state. Uh, it's wow. a whole. It's complicated over there. Yeah. Thick. Um. So we got a couple of things. I want to mention again the poll out there. Uh, should Trailblazer Farms next project be some type of shotgun? Seventy-seven percent now. Absolutely, yes, yes, it should. Say it, yeah, yeah absolutely. That poll. Um, uh, Twenty-three say uh, no, no way. Who cares about a shotgun? And and then to go with that, we've got uh, Guns and Barbecue out there. He's saying uh, they should do a ten gauge side by side, a ten gauge folding up compact side by side yeah i agree wow. with, with short barrels or or what i mean well if so, we if we want to stay with a with the 10 gauge i'm gonna say no and then with uh staying away from the nfa i'm gonna say no i don't know that i would want to shoot a 10 gauge side by side with short barrels i don't, I don't know I, yeah i don't want to do i that. doubt it um <laughs> yeah you know it's shotguns is something we talk about a good bit we, I, I can say we don't have anything in development, but we've thrown some ideas around. I mean, what I would like personally is like a, a medium gauge, either 410 or 20 or maybe, right. maybe 12. That's a, like an AR type. I mean, these are out there, but uh -huh. you know, high capacity magazine, short barrel, you know, pistol brace folder, like a tactical, like a true tactical shotgun, you know, okay. uh, street clearing, room clearing, that kind of thing. Right. But, uh, we have some other ideas about reconfiguring shotguns to do different things. So and a, that's always a and possibility. A, and a 410, I mean, a 410 would, I think, would be a good start, honestly. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
I guess you could make a 410 pistol, you know. You could some I mean, type of a, uh, you know, maybe something similar to the to the life card in nature, I suppose. Um, we got Warsaw Patriot out here, going to knock out a few of these real quick before we get too heavy into stuff. But uh, he says Trailblazer looking into into making their project into pistols in the future. So obviously you've That's got the life life card. I think maybe he's talking about the pivot. Like, are we going to make a, a pistol version of the pivot? Ah, maybe. maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's a possibility. Again, I that's not strictly in the pipeline, but it could be done. I mean, you could, right. um, yeah, you can make the barrel shorter, make the front end of the handguard shorter. And then you've replace... still got that center. You've still got that center pivot point. So that's weird because, I mean, how do you make it? And I mean, I'm I'm not an engineer, but how do you make that one path pivot one way, one half pivot the other to come back around? When yeah, it's, well, when it's shorter, you're you're losing on both ends, right? It's like you're yeah. using lose. You got to have room on the stock side just as well as you have room on the muzzle side, and a pistol doesn't have that. Right. You would. You might start to lose out on some of the benefits of a design like that by turning right. it into a pistol. But I mean, if you if you went the pistol brace route, you could replace the stock with a pistol brace adapter, you know, like the AR-15 style or, or pick rail style, and then trim the barrel down and trim the handguard down. So like it could be done, but uh, you know, we have, we're, you know, we're getting this thing into production right now. We got our first year of sales to do, you know, second year of sales to do. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't right. hold my breath for a pistol version of the pivot anytime soon, but it's, right. I guess it's possible. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, you guys get, I'm sure at Shot, Shot Show, you've got, you go, you got a thousand different ideas. And, you know, that's one of the things when you, when you do really cool stuff, all kinds of people have all kinds of ideas and they see you as somebody who is, is like them, right? That has cool ideas. Yeah. And so I'm sure you get a lot of people that share weird and crazy stuff. Guns of Barbecue says 410 would make more sense, but he likes to swing for the fences and throw sensibility out the window. I would agree. If you're going to do it, do it right do it big <laughs> right yeah. so i don't think i've ever shot a 10 gauge shotgun to be honest it uh it's it's okay in the right in the right shotgun it's not that bad um yeah. you know if you're if you've ever shot any three inch three and a half inch you know 12 gauge yeah i shot a lot um, of that just yeah you know, i just don't, yeah. I don't even know anybody who has a 10 gauge around here right, right. You know? well the only the only production model I'm aware of is a Browning BPS. Okay. Uh, like current production model. That's the only one I'm aware of. That doesn't mean there's not other stuff out there. Uh, but as far as large companies that's, that's currently making anything. So, um, yeah, let's, I guess let's dive into some of the specifics. Um, yeah. Spencer, if you're okay with that. Um, I'm going to bring up, it's a new feature here in StreamYard for those that are watching and we'll try to be as detailed as possible for those that are listening in the, uh, in the audio replay. But, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the specifics of the lifeguard. Um, uh, mm -hmm. first of all, caliber, um, uh, 22 yeah. and 22 mag I'm understanding, uh, is the options. That's right. Yep. There's a bunch of both of those on the market right now. And yeah, we started with 22 long rifle and just massive feedback asking for 22 magnum mm -hmm. and now are they available in either one 
and then are they convertible? If you have one, can you convert to the other? So we offer a conversion barrel to convert from 22 Magnum to 22 LR. And the okay. reason we don't go the other way is because the headspace for 22 WMR is different and right. it's less tolerant of variance. So, you know, when you start stacking up the tolerances of the barrel and the breech face and that kind of thing, you yep. can, you have the potential to run into trouble of either having rounds failing to detonate or having the chamber be too tight, that kind of thing. So 22 LR is more forgiving. So since the headspace is set by the barrel, the match of the barrel to the frame, we can get away with converting a 22 Magnum to 22 LR. Now we've gotcha. done it a little bit in the past on a very limited basis where people would actually send their gun in and have it factory upfit, but it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to do it that way. And, you know, you run the risk, like I said, of having more failures to detonate or a really tight chamber. It gets tough to get those shells out. Gotcha. So, yeah, but yeah, so that's the deal with that. Yeah. 22 long rifle is where it started and we, you know, expanded to the 22 Magnum. And 22 gotcha. Magnum is a, it's a, it's a beast from an engineering perspective because it's mm -hmm. pretty high pressure, pretty, you know, the, the rim fire oh, yeah, uh, design is just different than center fire. Cause like, you know, with a nine millimeter, the base of the cartridge, the rim doesn't have to be inside of the chamber, you know, it's sticking okay. out and it's grasped by the extractor and you pretty much have to support the entire cartridge on a rim fire or, yep. you know, it'll, it'll balloon and uh, expand and gets really tough to extract. So 22 yep. Magnum's tricky. So it's a big flash in that short barrel. It's a big boom and a big flash and a lot of unburned powder, to be honest. Right. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, there's a lot of people that wanted it. So a lot yeah. of people swear by the 22 Magnum caliber, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's one of the things a lot of people don't, don't think about the engineering hurdles. And, and one thing about, uh, 22 magnum if you look throughout history look at the current market and then also look at throughout history look at the number of 22 magnum semi-automatic handguns or mm -hmm. rifles there's just not been that many yeah um, that's true and that cartridge is like you said that's the issue it's an, it's it is an engineering hurdle with that thing yeah i mean rimfire is tough in general to cycle an automatic or a semi-automatic and you know the 22 mags pretty long pretty skinny uh feeding you know or loading a magazine with rim rim cartridges is always tricky it just requires uh yeah some extra special engineering to make it work well and right i've got a i mean we have got some great semi-automatic 22s around here like the i mean the ruger mark pistols with the taxol uppers um are just amazing and the, the i mean the taxol x-ring you know 1022 clone those are fantastic but they're really ammo picky and they mostly have to yep. be clean and yep yeah but it's fun i mean 22 is 22 is what it is for a reason you know you can go out and shoot hundreds of rounds and in general it's cheap it may not be cheap at the moment but right right yeah so anyway back to the lifeguard back to the lifeguard yeah with um so obviously folded configuration uh about the size of what would you say a, a wallet a, maybe a credit card actually really a credit card okay yeah a little so thicker the, obviously yeah it's the thickness of 12 credit cards so oh, uh, wow. a, 
stack of credit cards, we say, but if you if you hold up a credit card to a life card, it's the same size and some of the, the corners on the life card have a slightly bigger radius than the corners of a credit card. So it's not exactly the same profile, but very close. Right. Yeah, so it's one half an inch thick, which is 12 credit cards. Wow. So yeah, it fits in a lot of those wallets, like the minimalist metal wallets, you know, and um, mm-hmm. of course we make yeah. the leather holsters for them that are- Yeah, I was gonna mention like you guys, you guys have a uh, leather as well as a Kydex option. That's right, yeah. The the Kydex holster is made by C&G Holsters, which are uh, good friends of ours now. They, I think, Several years ago, they came up with a design and ran it by us and started selling it. And we started selling them on our website as well. And yeah, so it's a Kydex, you know, just friction fit, just like anything else with a belt clip inside, outside the waistband. Looks like a pager when it's on your belt or a, you know, a phone. And yeah, we have the leather pocket holsters for them too, which is just a simple slip holster. And it feels just like a wallet in your pocket. Right. Now, uh, now, obviously, uh, for NFA purposes, uh, doesn't fire when it's not capable of being fired when it's folded. Uh, what's the what's the procedure for deployment? Yeah, so if you so say you have a round in the chamber and you have it folded, so you will just grasp the handle release tab or the lock tab, which is a tab that runs through. There, there's one on the handle and there's one underneath the barrel. And so you'll slide that tab down the way you have it right here with it open, the, sl- the tab would slide down in order to unlock the handle. Mm-hmm. So it's locked when it's closed, you manipulate the tab, you just pinch it with two fingers and slide it and then open the handle up. And then when you pull the handle all the way out, it locks into the closed position. So that tab finds its other slot inside the receiver. Right. And then from there, you would just grasp the charging handle, which is the back of the striker or the bolt and pull it straight back. And now it's cocked and ready to go. So it is single action only, um, obviously. Right. And right. Yeah. So then it's ready to fire. Once it's fired, the bolt is going to be in the fired position. So the bolt has three positions, fired, half cocked and and cocked. The reason for that is an internal safety feature that prevents the striker from riding the rim of the bullet while it's in battery. Uh, while, okay, so, yep, so yep. the trigger in its in its resting half cock position, the trigger is engaged with the bolt, but there's no spring tension on the bolt, and the bolt is not touching the the rim of the, the bullet. Rim. Right. Yep. So after you fire it, you just return the bolt to the half cock position, which unlocks the barrel and then you pull the barrel release tab open that pull your your uh spent casing out and another one so it sounds a little bit complicated when you sit here and describe it but when you get <laughs> right. it in your hand yeah it's right. just uh it be, it's like it's like a pocket knife you know you sure. pull the release open the handle cock it and it's ready to go right uh yeah and i've i've uh I've had the pleasure of being able to play around with one of these before and you know like mm-hmm. the trailblazer it's you know you know, I'm not going to say I'm super proficient with it because I haven't, I don't own one. I don't play with one every single day. Um, but I could see somebody that, you know, spent a few hours out on the range with the one would almost become a pro. I mean, it's not, it's not that difficult to operate. And 
as we talked about earlier, when you get into things that are neat and different and innovative, um, that sometimes comes with a learning curve. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. not what you're used to. You're not used to, you know, everybody's used to, you know, pick it up, whatever, pull it out of the holster, rack the slide, you're ready to go. And it's like, okay, if you want some plain handgun that's been a design that's been around for over a hundred years, yeah, cool. If you want something neat and fun and different like the uh, uh like the lifeguard here, then a little bit of a learning curve, which is in my opinion, yeah, is okay. True. Yeah, and every yeah, you're absolutely right. And every platform you need to train with it, familiarize yourself with mm -hmm. how it works. And it's you know, you can still get surprised. Like uh yesterday I shot a big P three P three sixty five SAS model for the first time uh -huh. and there is no slide release. So you just okay. have to rack the slide. So if, so if you're not in the habit of doing a manual slide rack mm -hmm. instead of dropping it using the release, then you're like, oh, how does this work? But it's just one of those things. You uh, learn a new system. And you know we're all so familiar now with running ARs and running AKs and running Mossberg 500s and 1911s and all that stuff that it's all it seems like second nature. But anytime right. you pick up a new system, yeah, you have to learn about it so right it's easy to, it's easy to pick up so on the uh so on the life card here as far as the the grip area uh, mm -hmm. and uh we had a picture up here kind of kind of showing that and get back to it but um that grip area basically other than being a grip and having the storage compartment for what three extra rounds that's right mm -hmm. uh does it serve any other purpose <laughs> <laughs> uh besides being the pistol grip and storing the rounds no okay and and it houses the locking mechanism for the handle um, right right but yeah no there's nothing else right. hidden in there so and, that's yeah, i was ahead. gonna say that's even more impressive because all of the action is happening in half of the lifeguard not even the entire thing which is crazy yeah, that's right that, that you can get all that stuff working in that small of an area that's insane yeah, it's a, and you know, the, the size of it dictates that it's a very simple mechanism. You know, like I said, it's a single action striker fired rim fire, you know, manual loading. And again, all that is the concession you make when you set out to make it as small as possible. Right, right. Well, and one of the perks of the single action too uh, is going to be a better trigger pull. I mean, if it was double action, yeah. you would uh long yeah you would have that long tedious trigger pull which kind of sucks uh yeah. g23 out there uh are they are they thinking about doing the life card in 25 acp i'm sure you get questions like that a lot about especially yeah. with the derringers and other things that are out there mm -hmm. right um we is are that's some, that some ideas and let's not say 25 acp but center fire is that some we ideas are absolutely thinking at? about it yes um 25 ACP has been on the table actually because it's center fire and it would fit in the the footprint the way it is right now. Wow. Okay. Same with uh, 32 should fit in there too. Um, maybe 380. You start to run into problems with the thickness of the barrel when you get much bigger than that. Right. Don't quote me on the 380 thing, but right. Yeah, center fire lifeguard is something we talk about. It's definitely a possibility. Um, yeah, that's that's what I can say about it. And I've you know, we've we've talked about that online a little bit. It's mm -hmm. just it's one of those things that 
we get asked about a lot and yeah, it's on the table. It's just, yeah, it's just a matter of getting it all, yeah, getting it all figured out. And I would think that you could do, you know, you talked about the profile of this one being the size of a credit card thicker, but you know, the profile Mm -hmm. being that size, Mm -hmm. you know, with cell phones nowadays, I mean, this is the, what the S20, whatever it is, it's not small by any means. It's definitely bigger than a credit card. Um, And I'm thinking that, you know, potentially, I don't know if there's been any conversation in that area with you guys, but potentially if you were was to do center fire, some other type of caliber, I think you could get away with a larger profile, something more like a cell phone size rather than a credit card. Yeah, I think that would be possible. Um, You know, we have to, we always have to think about let's not stray too far away from what we're doing, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, if you increase, if you increase all the dimensions on here by say 50%, then maybe you get into the territory of a nine millimeter, something like that. Um, Or you can go the other way and put a five, seven NATO in there. And you got, you know, high velocity and a short barrel, a lot of penetrating power, you know, without changing the footprint too much. So it's a possibility. and five seven is popular. Um, yeah, it's got it, a it's got a definite cult following. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. It's one of those yeah. things, kind of like twenty two Magnum, that mm-hmm. it just makes sense to a lot of people, you know. Right. And that's, you know, on that note, uh, a lot of different things make sense to a lot of different people. So, sure. Personally, twenty two long rifle is what I would choose in this, but mm-hmm. sold a lot in twenty two Magnum. I don't I don't see this as a replacement for my nine millimeter semi-automatic gun correct but i certainly appreciate when i can't manage to have one on me that i can have a life card on me you know what i mean right so yeah centerfire life card is a possibility for sure Mm -hmm. and we've definitely thought about it and we've got some got some guns around here chambered in 25 acp and yeah that's a well, yeah, um, I, I, I always have to be careful. I can't promise anything, but right, we've definitely yeah. thought about it. Yes. Yeah. In answer to the question, we've thought about it. It, um, it, you know, it's refreshing when you say stuff like that, right? So many companies will come and they, they tout their thing as this is the replacement, right? Get rid of everything you've, ha- you've got previously and get this, right? Instead yeah. of, no. hey, you know, if you want something for this particular situation, if you're wanting something that does this particular job, you know what I'm saying? If you want something in addition to, you know, what you already have. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people, um, you know, I, you know, I don't know with, with, with me thinking in that area, um, do you know how many, you know, have you have any indication of how many first time firearm owners, potentially pick up and buy the life card because i wouldn't Uh, think it would be many but so i might be surprised it's not tons but fairly often we'll get a call from somebody saying hey i'm i'm looking to buy my first gun i want to make it this and yeah so it's a i don't i don't know the number but it definitely happens it happens a lot it's always happened and a lot of the reason for that that we hear from people is that they want a gun that's not intimidating, whether they want to carry something for personal protection, which again, mm-hmm. we are always very careful not to not to even insinuate that we think that twenty two long rifle is the top choice for personal defense. 
or a right. single shot is a top choice for personal defense. Okay. Right. Like I, I don't want to be very clear about that. I'm in, we're in no way saying that, that you should bet your life on this gun alone in all situations. But right. if you are intimidated by having a full size gun or a semi-automatic gun or a gun of a larger caliber, yeah, it, for a lot of people, it's what they start with. Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, I was just contacted by a YouTuber the other day who said he's not a gun YouTuber at all and asked to get a sample of one because he got interested in self-defense and found nice. the lifeguard. Yeah, so I think it's, I mean, I think it's great to have a product that's attractive to first-time gun buyers um, just to get into the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. get comfortable with guns in general so yeah well i wish i knew the number but and of course i can't we don't capture you know we don't sell directly anymore just because uh-huh. we sell through distribution we're in stores and all that stuff but sure so i don't have it captured but yeah it happens yeah well and you you know something that we've you know we've hit on with the nfa and with state regulations and other things earlier is look at the um you know, firearms sadly have political connotation and you have some people that, you know, if they don't want anybody to know that they own a firearm, right. Mm -hmm. Friends, family, coworkers, whatever that might be, but yet they understand they want something. Right. And so maybe this, for some of those folks, maybe this is appealing because when it's folded up and then their pocket, that's a cell phone or that's a beeper or that's a, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, nobody yeah. is paying that any attention. So that's um, exactly right. And that you know, we hear that a lot from people. Or um, even if it's sitting on the nightstand, right? And people come over or it's sitting yeah. on the kitchen counter. I mean, it looks like, especially if it's one of you, the leather wallets like you guys have, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Somebody could think it's a phone or any type of a little electronic device, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yes, that's totally right. And yeah, I mean, more and more there you're seeing people we're hearing stories of people who are not gun people at all but after the last couple of years we've had realizing right. their personal right. need or desire to have a gun so yeah it's it's happening a lot and right. i think it was uh, 5.9 million first time gun buyers last year uh which may have been wow. a record yeah but yeah it's a big space uh and it's yeah i mean it's great i mean i think the industry in general is pretty good at welcoming new people in and there's training available and all that stuff. So, right. And, and at the end of the day, that. yeah. And at the end of the day, it's, it's definitely better than a, uh, than a pointy stick for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of a pointy stick, which it, it is more of a stick, I guess, than the uh, lifeguard is the, the one I'm, I'm super excited is the yeah. uh, pivot. And so, um, yeah, we talked a little bit about earlier, uh, with uh with spencer here about you know how long this one has been in the works and with as complicated as it appears and Mm -hmm. this is just coming from a layman that doesn't know engineering and just you know sees all the twists and turns and flips that that occur with it not to mention the 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 uh mechanical nature of it simply being a firearm uh it's like what an engineering nightmare uh this had to be to get springs and bolts and screws and tolerances and things yeah uh, set up so, that, uh, did y'all do use 3d printing to help prototype or did what yeah we, what was we that process of, like we've done a lot of 3d printing um yeah it is 
there was a lot of engineering that went into this. Um, we did, yeah, so on the 3D printing, I took it upon myself to get a 3D printer a long time ago and get set up learning how to, you know, slice files and load drawings and all that stuff. And yeah, so we did a lot of 3D printing. We have a pretty, uh, pretty powerful 3D printer here now for quick prototyping. That's, you know, pretty high resolution. There's actually a lot of prototype. There's been a lot of parts on here for the prototyping process that were 3D printed metal, which is a pretty impressive uh, process. It's, it's incredible. But yeah, so um, the moving, there's really not actually that many moving parts. So the upper and lower receiver are joined by a brass bushing that is the, the patented technology that's called the pivot, actually. So right in front of the trigger guard uh, towards the muzzle end, there's a there's a big old bearing and a brass bushing and all sorts of magical springs and screws that lock <laughs> right. that in there. So it's right. it's you know the brass is I think it's uh, impregnated with a lubricant maybe it's really low friction supposed to have a long lifetime that kind of thing. So that's engineering right there. So the upper and the lower are separated by that. Obviously the magazine interacts between the lower and the upper when it's inserted. So the feed lips and the top, that top round are actually up inside of the upper receiver just enough to get stripped into the barrel. Oh, wow. The, yeah. So, and that's, that's, uh, intentional. We, it was important that you can't load this and have it discharge while it's folded, obviously. So right. the yeah. magazine actually will interfere with the folding and there's also a lockout that's attached to um the charging block so nice. if the charging block is not locked to the rear there's a lug that comes out that actually prevents it from folding wow so, yeah so but the moving parts i mean you have the telescoping stock you have the fire control group which is you know the trigger is the trigger and safety are housed in the lower receiver the hammer swings up to interact with the firing pin through the back of the bolt but you got the bolt the charging block the fire control group and the stock and that's most of the moving parts the barrels fixed to the upper receiver obviously um the bolt is so uh it's a nine mil it's direct blowback which means you're required a certain amount of bolt mass so okay. the bolt comes down behind the chamber but it actually rides above the chamber because you have to have a certain amount of mass in there to achieve the timing that you need right and there's, you know, it's got its guide rod mechanism and main recoil spring housed inside of the top of the upper receiver. And it's actually really cool the way you take it down. There's a, uh, if you look in the picture at the back of the upper receiver, right behind the ejection port, there's a cap that will come out. It, it, uh, sort of dovetails out of the back with a, a pin. So you push one pin in, pull that up, and then you can pull the entire bolt assembly out of the back of the gun, kind of like a, an M240 for you uh, infantry people out there. It's, uh, wow. It feels very similar to taking down a 240 machine gun. Wow. But uh, yeah, so yes, a lot of engineering went into this, a lot of industrial design. So it started out as just two big rectangles you know, with a trigger <laughs> right. in it. And right. So we put it in front of an industrial designer and said, hey, look at Fighter jets, race cars, um, predator animals, take that kind of thing for some styling influence. So then we came up with these relief lines and sure. cutouts for the M-lock and the swoop on the top where you get your hand in there for the charging. 
but uh yeah the engineering process on this has been very intense and well and that also with some design elements that also lends itself to weight as well you're going to be able to cut down on some of the weight that way or am i wrong yes. yeah no that's exactly right so uh the upper receiver and the lower receiver are aluminum and then the other, you know, the parts that have to be steel are steel, obviously, the mm -hmm. bolt, barrel, things like that. And then you have glass-filled nylon for the handguard, the pistol grip, and the stock. But, yeah, the whole thing comes in at, like, just over five pounds unloaded. Mm -hmm. And that was that was a design constraint or, you know, a design uh, goal was to make it very lightweight as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I talked about with the direct blowback, you're – you're pretty much required to have a bolt mass of around like a pound to a pound and a half to right. achieve timing. So that's a, you know, 20% of the weight or more of the gun right there <laughs> is the bolt. Is the bolt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And uh, then of course, you know, 16 inch barrel, it's pretty thin profile barrel, but that's all steel there. So yeah, it's very lightweight. And you know, one of the things that, that, that I noticed you can't tell it in any of the pictures here, but we actually talked about it at shot show was the width on this thing is, is what's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Uh, yeah, 1.15 inches wide all the way through, which is pretty comparable to a lot of handguns. And that was also very intentional. We wanted to be slim. Uh -huh. So it goes in and out of a backpack pretty easily because right. of that. Well, in between seats, under seats, behind seats, mm -hmm. in the pockets behind the seat, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, lots of places. If you don't, you know, and it's a and it's a it's a slim design, not just in that it's not very wide, but it's it's smooth on the sides as well. It's not you don't have yeah. protruding yeah. buttons and That's and right. uh, that was all manip very manipulations and and things uh -huh. on the side, which is which is really nice. Yeah, like um the safety lever. Uh, the safety selector is one of the things that we've talked about. You know, you you could make it a lot more aggressive and more textured and uh, more prominent features, but the idea here is to be slim and sleek. So, you know, there may be an aftermarket safety selector, just like for AR-15s, where you get a really big aggressive one. And, right. You know, it right. takes the Glock 19 magazine catch, so you could put a really aggressive one in there if you want to. But the as it comes out of the box, it's it's uh, engineered and designed to be, con um, yeah, sleek. Like you said, that's a good way of putting yep. it. Snag free. Yep. Yep. And I think it's really, uh, yeah, I think it's really important in a, uh, in a situation where, you know, again, you, you're just going to go into a backpack into something of that nature. Uh, yeah. G23 popping up again. Uh, same thing as with the lifeguard where you, you guys get it all the time, but, uh, 762 you know, by 39. 762 by 39. Uh, I, I think I so can I'm sure with, safely say this is going to uh, stay a pistol caliber carbine. Okay. I think. Yeah, I mean, barrel profile weights, a lot of things considered, right? Like, yeah, I mean, maybe 5.7? So, maybe 5.7 seven? Uh, five, seven would be possible. Yeah. Um, we've thought about that. Um, yeah. So you start to, you know, nine millimeter, 45, 380, 40 Smith and Wesson, those are all pretty similar in the requirements for the inertia and the blowback operation, stuff like that. When you get into rifle right. calibers, you start getting into the need for, you know, gas systems and things like that. And so yep. 
yeah, five seven is probably pushing the limit. Uh, it's probably on the outer edge of getting into the more rifle calibers. Right. Um, plus the you know the magazines. Yeah. Pistol grip magazine would get pretty wild with a rifle rifle. That'd be there. almost that'd be almost not doable. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say that this rifle is going to stay pistol caliber. Right. Right. But, you know, the design um, or the idea or the inspiration, as we talked about earlier, with some of the other thoughts that you guys had have had moving forward and some of the other projects certainly could take inspiration from this into yeah, a totally oh, different, you know, full size rifle design. Um, yeah, that's definitely yeah. that's definitely true. Um, yeah, I mean, when you're just inventing new guns, you can stream, <laughs> right? You can just make stuff up, you know, right? Right. And, uh, um, and I think your dad, who, if you come in the late, Spencer's dad was the, uh, was the brain trust for all these. I think with his, uh, with his brain certainly could come up with, uh, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, G23 is asking about the, uh, mag release. He said, what oh, generation? Yeah. Mac it's going to be Gen 4 compatibility there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and he's he's throwing out there 10 millimeter. <laughs> 10 millimeter 40. 10 millimeter yeah, is a is a popular one nowadays for yeah, sure. That be that certainly be possible. Uh we you know, of course we've talked already about all right, what what do we need to do to make a different caliber version of this in the future if we want to. And so right. it's accommodating for a different magazine different bolt face, different chambering. That's most of it. So again, I don't want to speculate. Can't make promises. I will say that sure. that is not officially in the R and D pipeline at the moment, but it's definitely something we've talked about and it's possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Let me mention the, uh, the poll out there. I'm going to close it up here in a minute. Cause okay. we're getting, uh, getting close to the top of the hour, but, uh, yeah, if you're out there live, go ahead and, uh, and cast your vote in that if you haven't already. Uh, 37 votes it looks like we've got. But should Trailblazer Firearms next project be some type of shotgun? And we talked a little bit about that earlier. If you came in late, back up later and uh, that. But uh, 78% leading the way with absolutely, yes, it should. And uh, 22%, no way. Who cares about a shotgun? So we'll we'll close that out here in a, uh, in a little bit and, uh, and check on it. Let me get this off the screen uh, and say, you know, we've talked about the life card, Spencer. We've talked about the pivot. We've talked about the uh, various other projects that uh, you guys have a, have a full workload now after doing this podcast, for sure, oh, of yeah. uh, things you have to make. But uh, is there anything that we that we missed out on? Is there anything that we haven't talked about that we probably should? Um, you know, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, it's a it's always nice to be able to explain a little bit about the philosophy behind these products because it's, it's easy at first brush to look at the pivot and say, Oh, my uh, folding AR is a lot smaller than that. Yeah. Mine is too. And I love it, but uh different, you know, again, a different use case. But is it, so, but is it weight wise and is it width wise or thickness wise? Oh yeah. Thickness. No. Uh, AR 15s are uh, quite a bit thicker. Um, especially when you get into the side folding, which again, it's, it's great. I've got one that I love chambered in 300 blackout and yeah. it's just different, uh, different use cases, you know? So no, I think, I think we covered a lot and, um, 
it's got a got a story that not a lot of people know about the early days uh leak press release it's always right. fun to tell yeah um, yeah that was uh that was super interesting but yeah we um you know just a i guess a little update on the pivot obviously it, it was announced last september we displayed it at shot show the production pipeline is being built out right now and we're we're on track to begin shipping units in Q2, which is what we've been uh, oh, nice. projecting since like late last summer. So that's great. Yeah, we're, we're getting spun up to start producing these. We got I got a bunch of boxes around here and just parts <laughs> right. everywhere and refining the last bit of some of our technique and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's on track. So it'll be out there in the wild this summer, starting this summer and very nice. Now, as far as uh, now, as far as raw materials and supply chain and things like that, we've seen over the last couple of years with with companies. Uh, yeah. Has that affected? Did, did did that affect or has that affected the release of the pivot or oh, yeah. or manufacturing of the lifeguard? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so most of what we've seen is that lead times for raw materials have gotten a lot longer, and it, you know. Like molded polymer, for example, um, we have the molded polymer handles for the lifeguard and a lot of parts for the pivot. Lead times on that are crazy. Um, yeah, steel's hard to steel is harder to get. Aluminum is harder to get. All right. all the vendors in the industry and in industry in general seem to be pretty backed up. Right. So, you know, some places where it's not as bad is like the packaging for the rifle, for example right it's not affected yeah. so much but the kind of heavy you know the metals polymer things like that yeah. well the stuff you need to make it work right yeah exactly and, and ammunition was hard That's, for a while too. i was i was waiting on, on you to i was waiting on oh, you to man. say that but uh, i well, got we i mean we have so many tens of thousands of rounds of test ammo you know that we're we were going through and yeah Oh, for a while there, I can't remember if it was last summer or the summer before that, when the ammo got really squeezed, we just bought up what we could find wherever we could because we knew we were going to have this big testing process coming down the pike right. to test in 9mm. And, oh, 22 long rifle got really tough to find. 22 Magnum has been really tough to find. And it's, yep. I think it's coming back, but I'm hearing that uh, the primer thing has yet to see its full impact, you know, like small right. pistol primers and rifle primers and so we have the, you know, we have the mil spec primers and some of our test ammo, which a lot of people are going to find that out there. You're more likely to get misfires because the, you know, you got the harder primers for that, for ammo that's made to be shot in machine guns and open bolt weapons and all that. So right. yeah, it's, yeah, it's hitting us. It's a mess out there. Wow. Everywhere. But wow. Uh, yeah. I was going to mention the ammo thing. If, if you didn't, and I'm like, surely it hits on that. I got one in, uh, what a couple of weeks ago i guess it's been now that i've been waiting on about two years uh, and you know the the longest time has been simply because they could not get M ammo to go through the testing phase on it uh, wow which was which was insane so this is a um, new gun you got after waiting two years yeah yeah it was a, wow. a new model a new model from a company that's coming out yeah yeah, okay. that's be, that's being released. Yeah, and I, I knew about it two two project. years ago. Uh, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Um, we've got G twenty three out there. He says, uh, "Do they do custom orders?" I don't know what you would 
do custom, but mm, not <laughs> not really. I would say um, occasionally, if somebody really like we had a collector call who really needed a certain serial number frame, and we dug through oh. the vault of old retired parts, and uh, that's pretty much the most of it. The yeah, you know, like I I don't know if he's talking about Cerakote, for example. Could but be. that that process is just really best done by somebody who specializes in custom Cerakote. And there's a lot of shops right. out there where you can send your gun, their armor, they can take it apart, they yep. can do what you want. Yep. Um, and plus you get to actually see most of them have, you know, being able to look at the color swatch on a website as opposed to being able to look to the color actually sprayed on a metal part or polymer yes. or whatever it is, is two totally yes. different colors most times. Yeah, and so by going to somebody local and getting that done, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think you'll be a lot happier with something like that. So, yeah, I wasn't sure what he meant by, by custom orders either. Um, yeah, I mean, He just wants about, to be special. That's all it is. Well, <laughs> we all need to be special in some way. Right, good. exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, there, I mean, if you look on the internet, like on Instagram, there is all sorts of examples of pretty wild lifeguard custom jobs um i saw one today that was a monopoly get out of jail free card which was pretty cool oh that's that's neat oh yeah, wow that's on our instagram story right now if you go check it out yeah uh, i'm uh one. yeah i'm sure there's a lot of cool things you could do with the lifeguard for sure um, yeah and the the best car theme you know you had your star wars intro but the like the mandalorian um armor oh, yeah. the best car people are People went crazy with that bunch of best oh, like a best guard out there like yeah. a best guard brick yeah mm -hmm. oh wow that's yeah. cool or ingot, i guess it would be yeah yeah um so mention the uh the poll so here we go uh final verdict here says uh, uh should trailblazers firearm next firearm project be uh some type of shotgun uh 78 percent so so nearly uh nearly 80 percent absolutely yes it should uh, and then 21%, no way, who cares about a shotgun? So that, that warms no. my heart that um, only 21% said they didn't care about a uh, about a shotgun. So that's nice. Uh, also want to bring in this comment from uh, uh, DeWitt, I, I'm supposing, DeWitt here. So let's add a couple pictures. He said, what are these animals? So back up uh, DeWitt uh -huh. in replay. And check them out, but we've got the uh, life card there, little folding uh, 2222 Magnum. And then uh, we've got the uh, pivot, which is a pivoting uh, pivot, collapsible stock, makes a very small package in a little PC carbine. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, what we were looking at. And they are definitely new species. I would, uh, wouldn't you agree, Spencer? <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Hasn't been anything like that before that I'm aware of. So we've got That's G23. Right. He says, I want my channel logo engraved on the barrel and the stock. So there we go. So that's what. <laughs> Man, I don't know about that one. Might have to take that to a gunsmith or uh, someone who does engravings. But. Uh... Oh, let's see. Oh, plug in our website. Appreciate that. So, okay. Let's, uh, I guess let's get things squared away because we're over the hour now. And, uh, yeah, Spencer, you, uh, you talked about Instagram earlier. You guys are on Instagram. Yeah, that's right. You're on Instagram, Facebook. Facebook, 
Yeah, YouTube. Um, Everywhere. Yeah, and our website, of course, is trailblazerfirearms.com. We are this year looking to expand into growing our presence on things like Reddit, uh, other forums. If any other social medias come out that are more gun-friendly, I'm, I'm open to looking into it. Uh, doesn't usually seem to be a lot of adoption for those platforms, but we're still on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Trailblazer Firearms on all those platforms and trailblazerfirearms.com. And uh, got a lot of info about the products at all those places. And if they got questions, just hit you up in the DMs and the PMs and the AMs and the FMs. Yeah, I, I would, we would prefer that you call, actually. The, the oh, DMs get, are really hard to manage. Uh <laughs> We get a lot of DMs on both of those platforms, and it's just, uh, I mean, I get it. People want to talk that way. It's just, it takes us longer to get to you usually if it's a DM versus calling, you know, or emailing us. Right. And uh, that email address is info at trailblazerfirearms.com. And the uh, phone number is 888-647-3647. So, awesome. Yeah, Good friendly stuff. people that'll answer that phone, answer that email. Yeah. Well, Spencer, thanks for uh, thank you for spending the hour, hour and ten, as it was right now, with us today. Yeah, uh, thank you. Covered a lot of ground. I've enjoyed it. Uh, learned a lot. Kind of rehashed a lot of what we talked about, honestly, from Shot Show. Uh, yeah. You guys are, I think, you guys are going to be at Shooting Sports Showcase coming up. Correct. We are. Yeah, I just got uh, all registered for that, and yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'll we'll and be then, down uh, there shooting the pivots. And the then range. the uh, and then the NRA, as far as general public is goes in a show, are y'all going to make NRA? We are, yeah. Okay, so that's great. If you're not aware, NRA, the NRA show is in Houston this year, yep. and so um, the general public can go. It's not like a shot show. General public can go. I think you got to be an NRA member, but I do think they'll sign you up at the door if you're not. So if you want to check out the life card and the pivot and get hands on uh, those that'd be a good opportunity and a great vacation to look at a lot of cool guns as well so uh yeah thanks uh spencer you're welcome on anytime that uh, you guys have something new or want to talk and uh thanks, i want to thank you for uh, spending the time as far as those that are live thanks for all the questions and the participation out there appreciate it thanks for voting in the poll if you are Listening to this, watching in replay, bless you for going uh, in an hour and 11 or 12 minutes now. You're a trooper. Uh, but we're going to shut this one down. So remember, until next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom. <laughs>